creative world mind your own mind. Explore a variety of trends in the creative landscape, getting insider knowledge and advice from the industry's best. Here are proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Thanks for joining us on the Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast. I'm Tim Barsons, founder of Web and Mobile Development Team Fjord. And today on our show, we will be talking with Tim Brandt about his full-service marketing and content agency, the Murray Road Agency. Welcome to the show, Tim. Hey, Tim. How are you today? Thanks for having me on. Doing great. Thanks for being here. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the Murray Road Agency. Sure. Uh, well, we're about to uh, celebrate our first year in existence, which, which is fun. You know... Uh, all about starting your own company and certainly you have a great uh, story and path to success. Um, you know, we kind of started, um, I did the the marketing, communications, public relations, uh, anything else related to that, social media, uh, f- on the corporate side for about 12 years and uh, worked for a couple different companies. One of them up in uh, the Minneapolis area, a conglomerate in the outdoor space called ATK, which is now Vista Outdoor and then a firearms manufacturer down here in South Florida, and then started to uh, open my own, decided to open my own company. Tell me about when you made that uh, decision to start your own company. Um, What was going through your head at that time? Uh, Well, one of the things is uh, corporate is great. It teaches you a ton. Uh, I was fortunate to work for a lot of great people, a lot of great brands, organizations, companies. Um, But but as you know, uh, corporate has some hurdles or some restrictions and I just felt like um, there was some experience that myself and uh, some people that I know and work with and my network uh, could offer to uh, brands and organizations and seeing that I had been on the inside for a while I wanted to go on the outside and bring some of that knowledge to a few other corporations. Very cool. Um, Did you find your your experience in corporate to be um, valuable as you started an agency? Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, like I said, I, I really um, think very highly upon my time um, at corporate. It was a great progression, you know, on the marketing side. I kind of started out technically as a PR person, but my job was probably like eighty to ninety percent marketing. And and you know, in those first few years, I really had some great mentors and great teachers uh, to learn how to, you know, set up a marketing department, become scalable, and and get really efficient, um, all while achieving some pretty um, amazing growth and success. So having a corporate job is something that, that I never did. I'm curious, um, if you didn't have that opportunity, what would you do to um, try and learn the things that you did learn while in a corporate environment? That's a great question. Um, I think, you know, today, uh, dating myself a little bit, I mean, the emergence of digital, you know, that's why we're here today. That's how we're speaking today. I mean, the beauty of that is people can get a, a lot of great exposure. Um, from that and and do some initial research but i think you know it's really about trying to surround yourself with a network of people that have done that um and and been there and so maybe just speaking to meeting with learning from uh people that have been in a a variety of roles and situations so now that you're off on your own you don't have that network within your company are you intentional do you deliberately um, try and create that network for yourself 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one thing, you know, I've worked in the outdoor industry, the hunting, shooting industry my entire career, and I'm, I'm blessed to have a lot of great mentors and friends and, and competitors. And that's actually one of the fun things is working for such a big company within the outdoor space. I mean, as far as corporate America is concerned, it, it was still a, a smaller company, but, um, you know, I, I built a great network and knew a lot of these people, but there were things that we couldn't do just from competitive issues. And so when you're out on your own and when you're starting out, you know, being able to tap into that network is is unbelievably uh, valuable. Um, so I'm I'm curious. After you made the the leap to um, to your own agency, um, what 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 were the feelings you had? What you know, as you're looking at your first project, what was going through your head? Great question. And again, a lot of things, pretty much everything, you know, it's the old, uh, the grass is always greener. Be careful what you wish for. This is really exciting. Wow. This is really hard. And, uh, wow, I haven't done this before in a while. So to summarize, you know, um, it's like a lot of things. It was a total dynamic shift, one that I wanted and created, but at the same time, it brought some challenges, both, uh, you know, personally, strategically, and then, um, from an execution standpoint, because quite frankly, there were a few things that I was starting to do for people that I hadn't personally done in in several years, or or maybe not done a hundred percent myself ever. So it's been a year. Um, if you if you could go back twelve months ago, would you do it again? Absolutely, hundred out of a hundred. Great, and and like I said, it's been one year. How big's the team now? Uh, we've got a couple people here. We're three strong right now. And uh, like I said, we partner with some other people. And so we've got kind of complementary agencies, if you will. So they've got another couple, three people. So it's a good it's a good network and a good team that we're building. Very cool. Uh, what's your, wh- where are you guys getting new business? Um, we're staying really to, to kind of where, where our experience is and where our network is. And that's in the on outdoor hunting shooting space uh, for manufacturers of, of outdoor products. Um, and do you see, a, is, is the market there pretty big as far as marketing and advertising? Yeah, you know, relatively. I mean, it's it's no Fortune 500 or, or things like that. But, you know, for this space, there's companies of all different sizes. You know, hundreds of them were actually getting ready for our largest trade show of the year. And I should know the stats, but, you know, it's it's a convention floor you know, over a mile long, if you were to walk it start to finish for sure, you know, you need two days. And, and so, you know, there's companies, you know, that probably do a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in business all the way up to several billion. So um, it's kind of a wide open spectrum. And, and of course, the needs of those companies are uh, very wildly. So it's all about, you know, finding the right mix and match. What's the uh, what's the, the trade show that's coming up? It's called the Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show. It's called SHOT Show. Um, it's in Las Vegas um, every year and, and has been for quite a while. And so that kicks off in January, and that's kind of the uh, uh, the big showcase piece where companies are showing their new products, displaying new initiatives, new brand creative, you know, everything that you can think of that's kind of relative to our space. And how many um, how many of your clients have booths there? Um, I think right now we've got uh, three clients that, that have actual booth space there. So it's a, a big week for you. Yeah, very big. Um, we've got three that have booth space and then a couple others that uh, don't have booth space but will be active there. So, yeah, the, the holiday season in this industry, you know, Thanksgiving, it sounds really far away. You know, the third week of January sounds 
pretty far away, but you know, you wake up from Christmas dinner and you're like, uh oh, I got uh, I got less than than a month to get ready. So no doubt we're in full crunch time. And what is your approach to the show? Are you uh, are you focusing on client work? Are you focusing on uh, your agency? Or are you doing a mix of both? You know, the nice thing is really, um, you know, this year it's all about execution for our clients. Um, you know, we've grown to a to a level that that we feel very comfortable at and and we want to make sure that we can deliver and service the accounts that we have. So, you know, I'm happy this year um, it'll be, you know, 99 percent, uh, you know, focused on clients that we already work for and, and helping them. Now, last year when I went, you know, I had liter- literally just uh uh, started to, to make the leap on my own. So it was 100% the other way. Got it. Where where do you want to take uh, the agency in 2018? You know, like I said, I think uh, I'd love to just really um, round out the services that we offer for our existing clients, uh, continue to learn. Obviously, when you do something new, you know, I look at a 12-month span and, you know, the learning's been unbelievable. Some things that I knew I'd learn, some things that I thought I knew, some things that I should have known, you know, keep naming the categories. But really, it's just really building that foundation. So now we have the clients, but now let's make sure that we solidify what we do for those clients and then use that to, to champion our name and our brand moving forward. Is there anything that you've learned that might be relevant to the audience? Oh yeah, definitely. Where do you want to start? And do we have do we have a couple hours? Um, no, but I think you know, like the elevator speech would really be. Um, I kind of started out, and you know, fortunately and unfortunately, in my corporate career, I got exposure to a lot of different areas, and uh, with that, you know, comes the ability to be able to speak uh, relevantly on some subjects. But obviously, there's some subjects and topics that we know better than others, and so you know to the audience, and I'm sure everyone's could, could email me this at length, but it's really just, you know, making sure that, you know, what you're offering align with what you know you can deliver and, you know, what that company needs, because there's a lot of great opportunities there, but even when both, uh, you know, people kind of have uh, their priorities lined up and are, are, are high quality on, on both sides, if there's a misalignment, you know, there's a lot of struggles there and, and uh, you can really get bogged down quickly. How do you um, how do you know when you you've when things are aligned? How does it how does that feel to you compared to when they're not? <laughs> well, you know, I've got a crash course in that too. But but you know, obviously, you know, all of us that have been around this and done this in our areas of expertise. I mean, you know, conversations, introductions, monitoring the things that I can do before. Obviously, you know, help me identify what what I think would be a good fit, and then getting to meet with the teams, and and those teams, you know, very wildly. But then, you know, once you jump into things, um, I think it's really important to be strategic and have process, but also, you know, build in that flexibility to cater to that client. Got it. So let's get into the agency a little more. What what types of work do you guys uh, really kick butt at? You know, um, what we really, um, our strength is in content. And, you know, over the years, uh, my personal involvement uh, in content and companies' needs in content has changed. Of course, you know, social media, everyone needs content. We do a lot of public relations, uh, which in the hunting and shooting industry might be considered a little bit more marketing, but that's, you know, doing everything from being the uh, interface between journalists and the company or facilitating interviews or, or getting exposure opportunities there. There's a lot of testing and evaluation that goes on in our industry. So, you know, hand holding that process, pounding out news releases, 
But then, you know, if you're going to do that for a client or a group of clients, you know, how do you make that content relevant to other areas of their business? And so we want to, you know, use that content to fit into their content schedule. And, you know, sometimes people use PR to kind of lead their announcement. And sometimes, you know, PR might fall, you know, third, fourth or fifth in the priority level. But if you can own that area of content and provide input, it can help you be relevant in other areas. Are you guys typically owning content overall or are you generating content? Do you do, you do the strategy or are you, you more on the execution side? Uh, we actually do both. And, um, you know, it's fun because we've got a little mix of, of clients right now, but we always want to have that mix. And so, you know, to your question, uh, sometimes we're just uh, outlining the strategy and putting together the high level plan. And there's a team in place that can execute or that we can, you know, work with more or less. But then, uh, you know, others we're, we're handling the strategic part of it, the execution, you know, everything from you know, writing the content, getting it approved and, and putting it where it needs to be, whether that needs uh, social media, online on companies' websites, hitting different distribution lists, picking up the phone and calling journalists. So kind of the wide variety again. Sure. So it's um, it's it's 2018 budget season right now. Um, when you get questions on the value you are providing, how do you how do you explain or justify um, that to a client? Sure. Uh, you know, I think that's one area that I was very lucky in, um, you know, even 12 years ago when I came in, if you looked at PR and marketing, uh, a lot of it was just, um, you know, hey, look at these headlines that we got or look at this great featured story. And, you know, maybe it was, hey, you know, we had five pages worth of editorial, but there wasn't a lot of quantification uh, back then. And, and I was lucky to grow up in an environment in corporate where we quantified our marketing and public relations um, results and and you know we did that with a dollar value mainly and that dollar value was arbitrary but as long as you had a baseline it was relevant so those are the things that we're trying to kick off with clients now so we say hey this is our proposal this is what we're gonna do for you and you know we're gonna put numbers and or metrics to it to make sure that you know it's working and we're holding ourselves accountable got it um, can you explain in a little more detail um, what you mean by the dollar value being arbitrary, but as long as you have a baseline? Sure. So I know there's a wide variety of audiences you know, out there, and I'm sure there's a ton of people with a ton of experience in this area. But what we used to use and what I still use for my clients is something called ad equivalency. So, of course, it's a comparison to, hey, here's what we... Uh, obtained by quote free or public relations efforts and here's what it would have cost had you bought advertising space um, and so again you know one method of of showcasing that and quantifying that might be completely different for instance one of my clients you know if we used my method they might have got three hundred thousand dollars in the quarter worth of ad equivalency but if some other agency was doing it they might have called it three million no one's wrong it's just making sure that you're consistent. And so you could call them apples and bananas. But if you started out and said, hey, you know, this month we got you two bananas worth of coverage and next month we're going to get you four, well, you're going to double it. I'd love to get four bananas. Uh, what's the minimum you can spend <laughs> on content and still get value um, or, you know, some ad equivalency value, let's say? Well, that, that varies wildly, you know, by the industry and, you know, to put a dollar value is, is really tough, but you know, I mean, the beauty of, 
of the internet these days, uh, you know, something can get widespread exposure both for for good reasons and for bad reasons. So, I mean, you can measure the the cost of the content and the effectiveness. I mean, there's examples out there where, you know, the cost was probably, you know, tens and twenties of dollars, but the exposure was was monumental. Now, it's, it seems like something like that is not necessarily repeatable. Is that fair? Yeah, definitely. That's that's the other uh, part that comes into this and that we're learning. And, and uh, there's definitely that in the in the corporate side. Uh, but now that we're our own agency, that's kind of part of the expectation setting um, and, and definitely a great uh, point that just because it happened once uh, doesn't mean it's going to happen again. And it's important not to make sure or to make sure that people understand that. Right, exactly. Um, you could you could spend ten or twenty dollars on something, and uh, let's say a hundred thousand times, and still not get value out of it. Yeah, and and that brings up a great point. Um, you know, I think the beauty of digital and quantification and instant feedback, and to take it another point, instant gratification in our lives. Um, data is very powerful, but the other thing is, I think it's a it, you know it can be a curse, and there's people that think it's magic, or it's overnight, and you know I've watched people in this industry, you know, a lot of it's done, the sales, the actual sales with the consumers are done at brick, brick and mortar stores. And they see examples of, of online selling um, and e-commerce done in other industries. And they say, okay, you know, I should be able to, you know, put in this, 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 and this and spend this much money. And then the e-commerce platform will just take off. And what's, what's important to understand is e-commerce has its challenges just like selling through brick and mortar they just look different and just because you can get immediate feedback doesn't mean that that's like you know your magic ticket and and things are going to be a huge success right totally got it um if if you were to spend money on content in 2018 what is the one thing you should spend it on i think it's got to be authentic and i know that's very cliche but I think if you look at how many messages we as consumers or potential targets for a business get every day, I mean, I don't even know what the latest stats are, but you know, there's a stat that's been floating around that everyone has the, uh, the attention span of less than a goldfish and a goldfish has nine seconds. And, and you know, that's probably true. So building authentic content, you know, that's, that's visually engaging and and there's an immediate tie to your brand or your company I think is the most important. How does your agency do that affordably? That's another great question and another great challenge and you know that's where um, our network and our ability to um, kind of capture that varies and, and is important. So for instance, you know, we grew up and we participate in the hunting, shooting, tactical industry. And so, you know, there's some things that um, we're able to curate or procure ourselves or create ourselves. But, you know, unfortunately, we're a small agency and, you know, we don't have a award-winning photographer on our staff. So if, if a client is looking for, you know, social media work or things that can be uh, done kind of quickly and, and not holistically and, and high budget, um, you know, we can turn some of those things out. But uh, on the other side, we've worked on some huge projects and done some great things, uh, but it just takes a, a different budget and a different uh, type of approach. Sure, of course. Uh, what are the biggest challenges the marketing departments that your clients are facing today? Um, you know, I think it, it's just... Um, 
staying relevant with a, a consumer that is changing rapidly, how they consume content, how they make purchase decisions, you know, all the things that we read about and strive to succeed on every day. But then, you know, the other thing that I've learned over my years uh, in corporate is, you know, ensuring that marketing efforts align with sales. Because as much as we like to give the sales people a hard time and say how much money they make and how big their bonuses are, uh, we could have the best campaign in the world. It could look the best. It could get the most engagement. People could love it. It could even go viral. But if it doesn't sell products, then uh, it, it doesn't didn't. Matter. It, it doesn't matter. And you know, so as much as we give them a hard time, the company has to sell product if they're in. If that's what their goals are, and that's how they drive their revenue. They have to sell product for all of us to be there. Otherwise, everyone has to go home. Sure. Um, if there were one thing that you wish you would have known before you started your agency, what would that be? Hmm. Another great question. Um, just uh, the the uh, challenging nature of dealing with so many opportunities and finding you know, finding a way to, to kind of create a niche and create a focus. And, you know, again, the marketing, PR, communication, social media space is so segmented or even fractured. You know, it's easy to say, wow, there's just an insert, you know, an un unbelievable amount of opportunity here. Let's go after a ton of it. You know, let's throw a wide net because we know we've got examples of doing all of this. But when it comes down to it, you know, the old adage of, of, picking a niche and an area of expertise and, and just solely focusing on that and putting some blinders on in other areas is, is definitely very important and something I think I would I wish I would have done a little better job out of the gate at. Totally. Uh, you know, focus is a huge challenge and then every time you think you're focused, um, it's probably time to start realizing you need to focus again. Uh, let's get into a couple news stories here. So our first news story from PRNewsOnline.com. Um, how three brands found success within micro influencers. Uh, Tim, can you give us a, a brief summary of the article? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, this is just a high overview of, of you know, for, for years, decades, centuries, you know, brands and companies have used celebrities and spokespeople to sell product, right? And now, you know, there's this uh, tactic and approach to using people that aren't celebrities. You know, they don't drive race cars or they don't hit home runs and quite frankly they might not even have that big of social media network but you know kind of the the residual and the complete uh, combined effect of of partnering with a lot of these people uh, can really turn some exposure uh, opportunities into huge selling opportunities or ways to champion a new product or a new campaign. And so there's a few examples in this article, some some bigger uh, companies, Sperry, um, Daniel Wellington, uh, LaCroix or LaCroix, depending on how you pronounce it, the sparkling water. And, and, and just there's some great examples of how they partnered really with everyday people and kind of looked past, oh, they don't have 100,000 followers, I'm not gonna work with them. And, and they kind of found a niche there. So how do you identify a micro-influencer? Um, you know, I think it's it's all about that that brand connection and making sure that, that it fits your need. And I think, you know, as marketing department challenges change, one of the biggest things that they can do is, you know, they can provide content. We talked about earlier is how do you deliver that content or create that content 
well, you know, we're in here working every day at our desk for clients. Unfortunately, you know, we're not at lunch break in the, you know, in the in the lunchroom or down in uh, the food court, and we can't snap a picture on our phone of the product, you know, being used at lunch or you know, with people socializing. So it's a great way to get turnkey content, um, and then um, so I think that's a good place to start is just finding people that really uh, align with your brand or your message for that time. Sure. Um, our second news story today uh, from Adweek, why brands should be ready for Alexa ads despite what Amazon says. Uh, curious, Tim, for a summary on that article. Sure. I mean, I think this this brings up, uh, this is a fun one because obviously it talks about um, the emergence of the opportunities to for advertisers to be there and monetize Alexa. And but what goes into that? I mean, just like, you know, Tim, your company and, you know, hundreds of thousands of other companies, we've we've all, cha- you know, the challenge of, you know, SEO and, and all the things that come there. Well, this is kind of a new iteration of that. And, um, you know, how do brands become voice relevant? And, you know, it's not like the radio of years past, but but it's different. And, you know, some of the layers on how, you know, monetizing or or advertising might work. But what's fun is, you know, there's some there's some pillars here that that we can see that have been, you know, relative to marketing since the beginning of time. And, you know, a few of the things that they point out there is, you know, make sure your brand and your products are are easy to pronounce and easy to say and, you know, are relevant and can be described uh, shortly or short and effective. Sure. Is a so is voice relevancy something the Murray Road Agency thinks about in its content strategy? You know, right now we're not there, but this article definitely um, opened my eyes to that. But we do, you know, kind of those pillars. We've had conversations and continue to, you know, when people are coming up with new product names or new initiatives or new campaigns, we do stress, obviously, some of those things that are nicely relevant to this uh, new emerging space. Totally. Uh, And we're out of time, so that's it for today on the Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast. Thanks for joining us today, Tim. Thanks a lot, Tim. Appreciate it. You bet. It's been a pleasure. Uh, People can reach Tim by visiting murrayroadagency.com. That's M-U-R-R-A-Y, roadagency.com. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. You can download episodes of the program by going to fjordsdigital.com slash podcast or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio.